You're listening to the Communicate with Confidence podcast with me, your host, Luke Maxwell. This podcast is dedicated to help build confidence, increase your communication skills, and journey with me in the relentless pursuit of what you want most in life. In this episode, I'm so happy to be talking to a good friend, a former teacher, and now colleague, um, I guess is... I'll clarify that in a little bit. Mary Cassoni. Um, just background, Mary is a professor at the Business Administration Department at Palomar College. She teaches marketing, advertising, social media, general business, and business English. Prior to teaching at Palomar College, Mary worked for 20 years in the biotechnology business as a marketing and advertising professional. Definitely getting into that. During Mary's career in biotechnology, she worked at both small startups, large global companies that were industry leaders. Her various experiences include launching, marketing new products, selling domestically and internationally, and working with financial professionals to help take her company to the public, taking her company public. Her final position become, before coming to Palomar College was Vice President of, commun- of Corporate Communications for Inter... inter- why can't I say that? That's all right. Invitrogen. Invitrogen. Yes. Yeah, it's I've, tough I've, to say. I've heard that for three years. Invitrogen Corporation. Here she oversaw all the facets of the company's communication mechanisms, including media outreach, advertising, public relations, event coordination, web content, external publications, and employee communications. Mary Cassoni holds a Master of Business Administration from the San Diego State University and a Bachelor of Arts degree in Molecular and Cellular Biology from Boston University. With that monster intro, thank yeah. you so much for being on the podcast You're today. welcome, Luke. You're welcome. And we are filming this, so for those of you just listening to this, you can look at both of our faces and see we're actually in your office right now. Thank you for inviting me in. Um, it's great to be here in person, uh, not just over Skype. And we have known each other, I was thinking, what, four years? Was it four years ago I took your class? You know... It was 2015, the fall of 2015. Oh, so it was oh, So it's years. been three years. Oh, so this yeah. is kind of our three-year anniversary. It is. This is our three-year this anniversary. This is the f- we're recording in the fall semester. Yeah. Wow. And so I started off, just a bit of background. I started, I met you because a friend of mine, in fact, my former business partner, who's been on this podcast a couple times, um, um, Clara, she told me that, hey, there's this professor you have to take. I took her advertising class, and she has a new social media class. And so I was believe I was the first in the first social media class. You were. Yep. Yes. And then I took it, and immediately I went yes. And yeah. this is what got, you actually got me into marketing. And so you, I mean, this podcast is was a big part to you. I love hearing that, Luke. That's yeah. that's great news. Yeah, and I know you did the same for Clara too, and I'm sure yeah. a lot of different people. And so we're here. I just want to clarify. So we're here to talk a little bit, yes, about like the the communication part through marketing and advertising. But what I really wanted to get into is your is your view on education mm-hmm. and how we, whether we're public speakers or entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and how we can take your lessons from education and apply them to our own lives and how we can help educate others mm-hmm. in effective manners mm-hmm. because there's a lot of bad education going along and there's a lot of and I know just from taking a lot of classes there are a lot of people who are not great at teaching mm-hmm. and maybe I mean part of it is me too whether I'm interested in the class but so you're now a marketing professor that's right and but you didn't. You didn't just. You didn't just arrive here and show up and you start teaching marketing. Um, like in your intro, you have twenty years of experience in biotechnology and advertising. Mm-hmm. And so, how did your advertising career? Like, how did you get into marketing and advertising? And then, how did you like just take us through your journey of working twenty years in the industry? Yeah, of course, I'm happy to. 
So how I got into marketing and advertising is not so crazy. Um, I was learning and, and studying molecular biology at Boston University, and I always knew the science of what could be with biology and healthcare was really important to me. But I did also know that I wasn't really cut out to be a scientist. <laughs> I, you know, I, I enjoyed more talking about the science, the promise of the science, but the idea of actually doing the science all day seemed pretty mundane. And, you know, I've referred to that in class a lot, mm -hmm. that, um, you know, it takes years. You know, I was, I wanted to study um, how to cure diseases, you know, mm -hmm, way back right. when I first learned about biology in 1980, and it's 2018, almost 2019, and we're still studying the same thing. So mm -hmm. for me, it was more about wanting to communicate the value, really, exactly. of what science could be. Um, and so my senior year at BU, I did take a marketing class. Okay. Um, and the reason I did is I thought, I think this is what I want to do with this biology stuff, but I'm not sure. And I think that was really the beginning right there is I took the marketing class my senior year, all of my science was already done. And I realized that that was the connection or the bridge to what wow. was going to be the rest of my so career. So we have a similar story in that regard. I then. think we do, right? <laughs> we had a, we yeah. had a teacher who intervened. And again, right, the power of education right. in it, a right. lot of different formats, but especially in the college, you have a great professor who teaches something. Mm -hmm. You enjoy not only the professor, but the the subject yep. and then that led you journey so what happened so you you took that class yep. you thought yes yep. like I'm, I'm gonna do this and then you started how did you get started really in the marketing yep. world like yep yeah no really good question um so I took that class I knew that was the path forward but my first job actually was doing science it was at okay. the University of Southern California so you know, I graduated and took up, got my one-way ticket west because that's what you do when you're 21, right? right. Uh, landed in, in Los Angeles and did um, scientific uh, cancer research at the University of Southern California, knowing it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but right. still doing it. Um, and then I met um, early on in there a, a salesperson who came in to talk to us about different products to help me do my mm -hmm, science faster. Right. And again, that connection, I remembered, wait a minute, marketing, and I liked <laughs> that class, and sales was kind of part of marketing. So I talked with her a little bit and realized that that was my um, my, my my ticket, so to speak, into doing more, more marketing stuff. Um, so I did eventually leave the University of Southern California mm -hmm. and was fortunate um, to get a job down in San Diego mm -hmm. at a biotechnology company, not in Vitrogen, that came later, but at a biotech company called a biotechnology company called Stratagene. Okay. And they were a leader at the time and an innovator um, in making science easier for mm -hmm. people who did science. So they developed a lot of um, products that made a lot of the complicated procedures easier. And I worked for them in customer service. And the very first opportunity I got to feel what communicating beyond just, you know, I was on the phone answering right. questions, technical questions people might have had about our products. That was good. And I loved that. Mm -hmm. And it gave a me a great first step. Gave me an opportunity to, to talk about science, mm -hmm. to maybe sell a little science, <laughs> to start marketing a little science. And I mm -hmm. loved it. Um, but the thing that was great about Strategene is that it was a lot of young people and the two guys who were running it were only in their early 30s at the time. Okay. So, and I think back to that and how young that was right. to have been running, you know, such an important company. And they loved to have these Friday employee meetings every Friday. It might have been Mondays, but I think it was Fridays because they were always sort of fun. And um, there were these Friday morning meetings and every employee at some point had to talk about what they did, you know, what their, their role in the, okay. the company was. And it became my turn about nine <laughs> months into the company. Yep. And Luke, I looked at that 
as one of the most important things I was going to do in the company because I realized I'm communicating to all the employees. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of on stage as far as who I am and what I do. And the CEO was watching me. And I spent weeks, <laughs> weeks working on this presentation. And at the end of the day, it ended up being a teaching presentation because what I realized I was doing is I was teaching the other employees about what I did. Right. Um, and I did everything I could to make it a fun <laughs> class, right? Fun exactly. class, you know, all kinds of crazy things. And Luke, I just remember at the end, everyone clapped and stood up. And that made me go, this is my destiny. That's you know? amazing. <laughs> and that's a great, well, it's great that you had that first experience, though, with public mm-hmm. speaking. Yes. Um, because many times when someone, you know, first, their first, um, pre- their first time with public speaking doesn't always go great. I know, like, with mine, it was, like, I look back and I'm like, okay, it was good. And I had a lot, you know, I had months of practice. But, you know, nowhere near to where I wanted it to be. Yes. And it's great to have that really just good first impression with public speaking. How long were you speaking for? Do you remember? I do. I do. I remember everything about it. And what's funny is I remember it was was 1989. Um, It was towards the end of the year. So it was like around this time frame, November, Mm -hmm. December. And I remember we had 20 minutes. Okay, and wow, 20 minutes. That's, yeah. Right. Do you think that's a lot? Or it, not, it's, not well, a lot? for for a first time, like mm-hmm. without, because I'm assuming you didn't really, did you just like take a speech class or? I didn't. So it's so very, so you were just, you're doing everything just based on all you. Yeah. Just based on what felt right from my gut. Wow. Right. And that's right. a great sign though that that's what you're meant to do. Because if you did that from your gut, because I mean, I'm trying to think, I don't know. I was never really put in that position where... I had to give, you know, a 20 minute long speech without any kind of speech training. I trained young, which is a good, you know, pros and cons. I never got that experience just being thrown in. Um, That's that's quite I mean, that's really impressive to see you just doing that. And I think that I mean, that is just a great sign. Mm. Um, And I'm sure that encouraged you forwards. and and, And just by you remembering that, it's funny how certain things stick in people's mind. And something that sticks in your mind usually is something really great or something really terrible. That's right. That's right, Luke. And so that's a sign because especially after, what, like 30 years now later, mm-hmm. that's a huge sign. Because I assume you remember a lot of important dates in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being one of them is pretty significant. It is significant. I even remember the way I gave the presentation, how I practiced the presentation. Um, because I knew it was really critical to do it great. Exactly. Um, so yeah, and it's funny. You're right. It is almost thirty years. Yes, and I still wow. remember everything about it. Wow. Uh, that that's. I mean, that's impressive. I I, I hope. Let's see. Yeah, I, I remember. I I guess I kind of remember my first speech pretty well. Um, um I was also, yeah, very, <laughs> very a little too energetic and just bouncing all over the place. Um. So you did that, and that really started. And then something interesting I wanted to kind of go through. Is that, I mean, because I know you personally, you know, mm-hmm. with, over these last three years and being in your classroom, I learned a lot about you. But one thing I, I don't think I learned until my third class with you, I think it's either my second or third class, because I know because I was surprised, is what you did with Invitrogen. Mm. Because you were you were VP of marketing, correct? And advertising? I was a VP of corporate communications. Corporate communications, right. And so you did something, though, very interesting. You changed the way they advertise. That's right. And so kind of tell tell us that story and how how you how you what the problem was mm. and how you solved it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's a good question and it's one of the lessons that we talk about in advertising a lot when we look at different ways of advertising. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but basically, you know, anytime someone advertises or a company decides to advertise, it is because there's some kind of business problem. Right. And for us, I'm not quite sure I would come right out and say it was a problem as much as it was a different plane that we wanted to be on. You okay. know, we were a small company and in our industry, in biotech, there were lots of little companies all vying for the same thing. Mm-hmm. And we were all communicating about our products from a very technical perspective because we were speaking to scientists. And the exactly. assumption was... They're scientists. They want a logical, technical reason, Mm -hmm. argument as to why they should buy these products or services. And it always worked. It's not that it didn't work. Mm -hmm. But what was happening is that we wanted to be perceived as more than just someone who was hawking scientific products because we we had gone public, we needed to grow, and we needed to differentiate ourselves more as a partner to these scientists rather than someone who just... Mm-hmm. Hey, I've got a kit for that. I got a kit for this. Um, exactly. We wanted them to view us as a more grown-up partner, and so we knew we needed to change our advertising to one that gave the message that we hear you as, as what you're trying mm-hmm. to do. We understand you, mm-hmm. and um, and and consider us one of your one of your partners. And so we did a lot of research. Um, and and like I like I've I've said to, to to students and like I always say in science you know a lot of times you do research to confirm something you already know yeah. or at least something you think you know exactly. right you, and then you do the research to say yeah that was right so I had had a theory my theory mm-hmm. was that scientists were humans and that they had fiercely personal reasons for going into science because it's not easy and it doesn't right. pay a lot right. Um, so so, I, so the research I did was a lot of focus group research all over the world, mm-hmm. along with my advertising agency. And we simply asked um, our customers why they went into science. And what we found was a plethora of stories, um, almost tear-jerking in some, in some respects, mm-hmm. that gave very personal reasons that they had family members who were ill, they wanted to cure diseases, they themselves were ill, they wanted to work on drugs. And, and it was actually similar to the reasons I went into science too initially with this mm-hmm. desire to make the world a better place. Exactly. You know, like I said, I just discovered my hands weren't that great. Right? <laughs> so at the bench, I made a mess and I was better talking about it. So that's fine. We all have our place, yeah, you right? Yeah, you found your place. Yeah, we all have our lane. Um, but these scientists went into it for those, those reasons. And so our thought was, is we could not only communicate to scientists in a way that was different from anyone else in our industry by changing the tone of our advertising from this very technical, um, uh, what I would call in class product oriented approach to something that focused a little bit more on the people and the stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And we did that and we came out with a campaign and we called it Accelerate. And it was about how if you partner with Invitrogen, you would not only accelerate your science, but kind of every aspect of Um, maybe even your life, um, who you are, your place Mm -hmm. in the world. And it really stood out in the industry because every other company was hawking their products. And that's good. But we were hawking sort of a higher purpose. I mean, and if you think about it, it, you kind of got ahead of the whole... Um, content branding we did. that we that we see today because nowadays when you say oh you need to create your brand that's not a foreign idea to anybody um, but now because because everybody's creating their brand online it's so easy but back then it it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of avenue to do that and so to build a brand was more difficult that's right. and it wasn't really on the mind it was just you know sell and it worked so why change that's right and then a digital revolution happened and all of a sudden oh wow we do need to build our brand because that's right 
some you know person can just come up have an online store and take our business yes and i i just i mean i just thought of that i just realized that and that's why i love you know hearing these stories well again but also like going through your classes is that just a lot there's a lot to learn from you know digging deeper you know, look, there is, and and it's and there's a lot to learn even from thinking back on it too. You know, mm-hmm. you you would ask me to think back on some of these things as exactly. as we're preparing for this, and um, you know, and thinking back, one of the things you said was you know today about content and content marketing, which is all the big, yeah, you know, uh, to do. And this one, we did this campaign. This was back in uh, 2003. Oh really? Was oh that... yeah, it was that long ago. So well, was... I was thinking that recent. I oh, thought that recent. I... Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Oh, okay. No, no. no. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, recent. it is still before like the advent really of the smartphone. Because, oh yeah. Uh, Even before social media had right. it was having its heyday, it was just kind yeah. of burgeoning at exactly, the time. Exactly. Because YouTube, you know? I think, was two thousand six. Yep. It got started. Yep. And so before that, I mean, yep. there wasn't a whole lot of online creation. No, there wasn't, and and content creators weren't really out there. I think maybe there were some fledgling blogs, but no one was really yeah. using it in a marketing right. sense. So no, I'm not. happy to say that it was really forward thinking and in a way uh, to approach, and especially in a very tech tech heavy industry. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I mean, exactly. in a consumer products industry. Okay, you know, it's a yes, still forward thinking, but in a very tech heavy industry mm-hmm. in which you're selling to scientists, I feel it was pretty forward thinking. And because at the end of the day, you know, like I said, our theory was scientists are people too. Yep. You know, yep. there, there's still people making the, the decision to purchase. And an interesting part of that, too, is because like a lot of so I when I used to coach, especially back, you know, years ago before I really learned a lot. Um, I was careful, you know, not to give t- too much advice. because I didn't really know a lot what I was talking about. So I learned. And one thing that I've learned is that especially, I you know, I continuously learned the lesson is that there are a lot of different people from a lot with a lot of different ideas that target a very you know niche amount of people and so let's say like content you know focusing on content isn't good for a lot of different businesses mm-hmm. because an, an ad a good advertising campaign would work so much better that's right and for some advertising really wouldn't work and content and maybe like direct sales and networking works a lot that's right because um, i know for me when i run ads it's purely to build brand it's not to directly sell because i know from doing that, that the return on investment of doing direct sales and networking is so much larger. Mm-hmm. And so, but you knew your audience, you knew who you're selling to. That's right. And someone who is very tech, who's on the next thing every time, is someone who's going to be interested in this kind of thing. And in fact, um, if you could, you have the pictures, right, of the different, um, the different um, ads you I ran. Because I, I mean, I have especially the one, and I'm, so I'm going to put it up on the video right now. Okay. Um, and I'm going to have it kind of displayed and scroll through and I might even put in the show notes because it really displays what you're talking about, yep. especially the one I'll never forget is the blue, the blue guy. Footed, oh, yeah. oh, that guy, yeah, the topo the, guy. Yeah, exactly. With like yeah, the with electricity. With the yeah. I'll never forget that that's, that's burned in my, in my brain, you yes. know, for better or worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it showed that it was memorable. Yeah. And it was, yeah. and it was just a great way of advertising. So you did that, and in fact, if you could also send me what I, the picture I love is of you hitting the button of going yes. of going live, <laughs> <laughs> of going public when your company went public. You yeah. were there. That is that is one of my favorite pictures. It's yeah. great. It just captures the moment so well. Yep. It's really great. So you know, I'll put that up there you as can. well. And I'm the one who forgot to hit the button. <laughs> exactly. My, yeah, my favorite because I was so excited. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so that was you know that's a it was a it was a great period and you know you did great things and but you then you transitioned and so I, I kind of want to pick your brain because I don't I think I 
I mean, I might remember as you say, but what made you transition into teaching? And then how did you really go about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, good question. And, and you know, um, going back to the strategy, and as I mentioned, back in 1989, mm. when I gave the presentation about, you know, who I am and what my job is and took an opportunity to sort of teach people, never forgot that, loved it. And throughout my tenure at Invitrogen, um, we talked about my final position being the VP of Corporate Communications. But okay. just prior to that, I had another job that was probably my most favorite job ever. And it was um, a director of sales and service training. Okay. And um, it was after being um, in charge of investor relations and before being char in charge of all of corporate communications. For about two years, I was the director of sales and service training. And basically, again, our company had grown. Uh, we had a lot of salespeople, hundreds, hundreds, oh, wow. all over the world, all over the, um, yeah, all over the world. And we also had a fair amount of uh, customer service personnel, tech service personnel. Mm -hmm. And what we needed to do, again, it was a, a training, but to get not only our salespeople to understand our products and know what they are so they could sell them, but to get everyone on the same page again about who we are and this brand that we were becoming. Right. And you can imagine that that's complicated, A, but when you've got employees all over the country and then all over the world trying to get that same message and that same way of thinking and that same training in which they respond to customers in the same way exactly. um, that they're selling in a similar way that we're communicating not only these are the products we have but that we're your partner mm -hmm. it's a challenge and so we had yeah. always had these um training sessions where oh there's going to be one in grand island new york and then the people in california they're doing theirs and the ones out in europe they're doing theirs but we look to have a, a um a way to unify all of that. So that was a job that I took. Okay. Um, I, you know, had done, like I said, the Wall Street thing for a while, and that's a really fast burnout. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I can imagine. <laughs> can only go back and forth to New York so many times. And this was right after 2001, so when I was oh, wow. doing the Wall Street stuff. So right after September 11th. And so it got old fast. Um, so when the training job came up, and I remembered back, you know, I remembered back to that time in 1989 mm -hmm. when I was teaching as I thought about it. And I thought, man, that was really fun. I'm going to take this on. And Luke, it was fantastic. I had every day of my going to work was working with salespeople, writing curriculum for them, figuring out how to teach them about the products. But within that, having there be a message of who Invitrogen was and exactly. um, how they could carry that torch, you know, out to their customers. Um, and it was really tactical, but it was also very strategic. Mm-hmm. And look, I don't know what else to say other than I just loved it. And that made me go, huh. So I fast forward, did that for a few years and said, if I could actually do a job like this every day, <laughs> where, cause, you know, where exactly. I'm teaching every day, that would be just fantastic. So that was the little light bulb that oh. went off in my head in terms of, are you actually really a teacher? <laughs> you know, maybe you're a teacher. Yep. And, you know, I had already, I've been, when that light bulb went on, I had, been in biotech for about 20 years and loved it but sometimes our careers do take different paths exactly. and when those signs you know i talk right. about this in marketing mm -hmm. those signs they they present themselves to you you know mm -hmm. and they say hey you know i'm talking to you maybe you need to go this way or that way i am a firm believer in your gut yep trusting yep. it and, exactly. and when that sign you know said you know maybe you're a teacher that little voice inside my head i followed it 
Great. And yeah. then you ended up here at Palomar College. <laughs> and physically, yeah, yeah physically here. Yeah. Um, you've been teaching for what? 10 years oh now? my goodness luke you're gonna laugh i've been teaching for 30 wait a minute i came here i'm, sorry, I'm looking back at your bio 2005 right and what is it? it's 2008 13, 13 years. years going on 14 actually this january will be 14 wow that's great mm-hmm. i mean and mm-hmm. i mean and i so yeah so i've had three wow Mm-hmm. Seven. Oh, sorry. For some reason, I thought seventeen. Yeah, fourteen. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, that's and it's one thing I I love uh, about your story is that it shows the benefit of having multiple passions and how they can combine. Because for many people, like in your position, might think, "Oh, I like science. I'm going to do science." Right. That and not really turn their gaze. Like I have to do this because I like this. That's right. But. Just because you're interested in a subject doesn't mean that it's a direct cause. You know, I like science. I'm going to be a scientist. That's right. It could be, oh, I like science. Okay. What am I going to do about that? That's right. Luke, very well said. And you know that as well as I do. Yeah, exactly. You have many passions. You know, you don't have to quelch one or squelch one to do the other. So, yeah. Yeah, yep. and you can combine them in and interesting ways. And you can combine ways. them in unique and interesting yep. ways. Yep, and part of what I, the, an exercise I do with people when they come for me for coaching, like, what do I do? I'm like, okay, let's line out everything that you're interested, the passion, the skills. Yeah. Let's see what some market needs are out there. And then let's just mash them together and see what we can come up with and see if we can provide, you know, a business model or maybe a brand or, you know, something out of this. Because it also brings such a depth and a value yes. to you. Because yep. you knew the product. And you knew, so you knew exactly how to market it. That's right. Rather than an agency coming in. And That's I right. know this from experience of, of doing marketing is that there's a learning curve where you go into an industry, you go to a, a client, you say, okay, I understand marketing. Now I need to understand you. Yes. And yes. it's a, I mean, it, it can result. And that's one thing about the trouble with hiring an agency is that they have a lot of really talented people. But there's a learning curve in learning your industry. That's right. And so, I that's mean, it's just, right. it's super valuable to have that. A, a robust amount of skills. That's right. So I wanted to shift a little bit and sure. to your teaching. Yeah. Because I am a proud student of yours. Uh, I've said that multiple times. I, Claire and I, in fact, we mentioned you on our podcast episode. Um, at one of them, a couple of them, um, at least. And I wanted to kind of dive into your head. And I'm also just, you know, selfishly curious about yeah. this. In how do you approach teaching? How do you like plan out the curriculum? And then also, you know, how maybe how did you start and lessons that you learned? Mm. And so kind of take us through how you teach a vastly complicated issue of marketing right, and advertising right, right. in a semester. Yep. Yep. So you are right. You know, there's always a lot of content. Um, and so I do start, Luke, by actually doing a fair amount of research. And of yeah. course, I read whatever, you know, academic text I might be using, but those aren't always my favorite. You know, I like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, to be honest with you, sometimes I love for dummies books because right? they exactly. take complicated things and, and distill them down. And I think that's well, a good way to, to approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, watch, I watch a lot of videos. I sign up for a lot of, you know, outside teaching things like study.com and right. Udemy and Coursera and so I, I I know I know my stuff, but I sometimes like to see how other people present it and, exactly. and communicate. So it usually does start with research. But then I always come back to when I, I actually feel like teaching is like marketing. They're so similar mm-hmm. because when you're marketing, you're presenting information and you're trying to persuade a target audience 
to believe in something and whether it's to believe in purchasing your product or whether it's to believe in your idea or whatnot. So to me, teaching is no different. I'm, I'm working with students, I'm presenting information um, and teaching, of course, you're asking for their feedback, but you're still guiding the conversation. You know, exactly. You're still guiding the conversation. So I approach it in a way where I do a fair amount of research and then I think, how do I market this that i mean i know that sounds crazy but that exactly. is how i think about it how do i market it and if i were sitting in that seat how would i want to be presented the information so that i can believe it and then do something with it take action right because mm-hmm. always what we say at the end of our marketing or advertising messages <laughs> what's the call to action exactly. what do you want me to do next and so for students i want them to take it in i want to guide the conversation i want to introduce them to all the different ways of thinking about what the topic is, but then have them be able to do something, take some kind of action. And it class teaching is like marketing. There's so many similarities and it's, I mean, communication, everything is, it's a very complex issue with a lot of different facets on it. Because one part, you're trying to get people into the class. Yes. You're trying to get good reviews for it. So that way people take you instead of someone else. Um, And then also you have to communicate an idea and you have to put it into the minds of some people who are sometimes just taking it because it's a credit. That's right. Um, and so taking, and that's one thing about teaching is that there's a lot of challenges that go along with it. Yes. And so first, I just want to kind of go over is that you take it, how do you, what are some ways, some tactics that you've developed or maybe you've learned some strategies, uh, tactics sounds kind of evil, <laughs> um, strategies you've you've found to be successful when it comes to teaching someone i mean not even just a course like maybe just an idea yeah a facet yeah you know um i don't know i might even get this adage wrong which is ridiculous <laughs> it's about teaching but i want to say it's like a native american ad adage it's something okay. like um tell me and i'll remember um show me and i'll something oh, and then yeah, yeah. It's involve like, me and yeah. i'll learn you know something I yes yeah. i think we yes. should look it up. We should have it on the thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> pull it up. it up. Um, it's it's tell me, tell me, show me, and, then involve and me. And I'll or yeah, I'll I'll oh tell me and I'll forget. Here we go. Here yes. it is. Okay. Yes. So I'm gonna read I'm to gonna me. read this out. Um, here we go. So it says, let's pull this up. Oh, it's, it's t- some Benjamin Franklin. Wow. I don't know. People attribute things to Benjamin Franklin all the yeah. time, and they're not really yeah. him. So it's tell me and I'll forget. Yeah. Show me and I'll remember. Involve me and I'll learn. That's the one. And I That's think, I, and it's funny because I've heard this before and I never, like it, I didn't, um, I di- it didn't come to mind, but it is a great representation of yep. your teaching style. Yeah. And so just take it and maybe, maybe if you want to use an actual lesson yep. as an example, because I know I have some and I'll, I'll mention afterwards, um, but maybe just a lesson, maybe even a recent one mm-hmm. and like, and how you involved someone so they learned. Yeah. Yeah. So I, this is the very last lesson, actually. Well, the last few lessons in um, marketing, we were talking about viral videos and Mm -hmm. we were talking about, you know, how you can predict whether a video is going to go viral. And the reality is you really can't. Although the book we were using tried to give it a mathematical formula, you know, we were laughing like, really, you know, like what's the mathematical formula? So (laughs) so we instead focused on um, an actual TED talk that I liked by Kevin Aloka, I think his name, and he works uh, at YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know his name, but yeah. So typically my, my formula for, for 
get you know getting students involved and getting them interested is um, we present some information we talk about it and then we maybe see an example so mm -hmm. we talked about viral videos and we watched some viral videos and of course those are fun and we <laughs> and then we watch well maybe there is a formula so we watched a, a ted talk the guy from youtube who talks about hey you know if you're trying to make a video go viral try to do these three different things exactly and i you know marketing isn't formulaic it really isn't right. but i love i think one of the keys i found in teaching is anytime you can help students with a formula for something like we have a formula mm -hmm. for writing you know exactly we have a formula for in this case what makes a video go viral we have a formula for doing research a formula for writing research questions mm -hmm. we know that it really isn't formulaic but until you get to be where it's second nature where you've been doing it for a long time you need to start off with it being exactly. formulaic. So whenever I can present information and distill it down to a, maybe a simple formula, that's where we start. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we talked about that. We presented a formula for let's try this to make videos go viral. And then the next day they think about that. We talk about it. We watch something, a, a video. And then the next day they try to do it. Yep. And that is my key. I need to involve them. Mm -hmm. So everyone has a camera. They go out. They try to make viral videos yep. they you know they watch them they appreciate them they say anyone could do that and then they go and they try to do it not so easy but my goodness we have a lot of fun trying oh yeah and you know? it, yeah so that the viral video is the thing that sticks out most to me that lesson is something i will never that first of all it was so much fun yes. because you know we're there i think we, i don't know if you remember we got like hula hoops and we started involving yes. people around the campus and we we're like yes. ask them questions if you get it wrong while hula hooping we squirt you yes um we only squirted yes. ourselves because we didn't want to we didn't want to get anyone else but yeah. um but it was it was exciting Yes. Like, because you all of a sudden you have a challenge. And me, I'm very competitive too. Mm. So, of course, I wanted to be the most viewed and I ended up not being, which is okay. I, I'm okay with that. Maybe to this day. But your video, <laughs> I still remember. It was definitely oh, yeah, the most okay. fun. Oh, thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. I forget what the other people's were, but I'm sure they were good as I'm well. Sure were. But yours was um, the most memorable. Right. And I, and, and I love this strategy. I think there's like there's multiple levels to this, but it's 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 in the rule of threes. You use this rule a lot, mm -hmm. um, and I and I and I notice this like whether you set sometimes you mention it, sometimes you say it. Say I'll do this in three, so you remember. But a lot of times I'll notice you doing that. Yeah. Um, and this is part of it is the you teach a subject, you say like this is you know how to make a viral video. Yeah. You see an example and say look, this is what it looks like in the real world. And now test that. Now go do it yourself. That's right. And that formula just works so well with ever like that's a, it's just a basic teaching formula that just works so well. And I'm so surprised that more professors don't use <sighs> the amount of classes I've been in where it's just someone just talking and then you're done. Yeah. I don't, I, I mean, I don't remember anything from those classes. Yeah. I, I don't even remember the professors most of the time. I want to recognize them. Yeah. And so that is such a great thing. So whether it's public speaking, because um, this works really well too, is that one of the best ways is to teach someone, to get someone on your side with public speaking is to involve them. Yes. I was recently at a conference where the entire, almost most of this one person's talk was us doing activities. And it worked because he was talking about memory. So he's, we're going to test our memories. We're going to go through all these exercises in real time and we're going to see how he's right. It also does great at building credibility and bonding because that's something else. And and um, I didn't have this actually in my online, but it's something I just thought of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that the bonding aspect and how yeah. you force us. <laughs> like literally. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Like it, it's, it's a very good thing. Yeah. But you force us into groups. I do. Very. How, how early on in the semester? Because the semester. Day well, one. Day one. Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean... Well, you know, Luke, let me rephrase that. Um, day one, you, you talk to people and introduce, okay. you know, find, okay. find people, introduce yourself. And then the second day, you do a group activity. Your formal groups end up happening, you know, after that first exam. But okay, you are right. working with informal groups, right? Informal oh, okay. groups right. from that second day of class. You really exactly. are. Yeah, doing, you know, crazy activities. Right. And I don't know, did you do this on purpose? Um, I, don't, I don't know, maybe just instinct. But what, what kind of happened, I know just from doing this, you know, three times in a row is that you go into, you're, I'm remembering now, you go into informal groups for a lot of activities, right? So you're doing this, you're doing this over and over again every week, this this process, yeah. but you're doing it with different people. Sometimes, and sometimes people like stick together and they're, yeah. they're in the same group the entire time. But for many times we get into, we get to know the entire class as people, not just, you know, recognizing yeah. them, you get to know them really well. Yeah. Because you are forced into groups every single day, and then at the first after the first exam, you get to know pretty much everybody. That's right. And then you get to really get to know That's right. the people who are in your group. That's right. Did you, I was just curious. Did you did you like do that? Was that like part of your plan, or was it just kind of an instinctual? Luke, it's a great question, and um, it's a little bit of both. Okay. But I want to tell you about a, a research study, uh, mm-hmm. I'll never forget, and it was at Invitrogen, but it's a Pew Research study that was okay. done, and, and the reason we, we actually had this question. So years ago, when I was at Invitrogen, HR did a series of studies to assess employee satisfaction. Again, because okay. we were growing quickly, and there were some employees disgruntled with their job. Of course. And, yep. uh, so they just wanted to get a sense of where employees stood. And I'll never forget this one question, do you have a best friend at work? And wow. yeah, and, and I did, you know, when I did, I actually, I'm seeing her tonight, you know, this oh, really? best friend Great. I had at work at, at Invitrogen, her name is Debbie, and I'm going to see her tonight. So she's still a best friend. And I never forgot that. And I thought, why the heck did they ask that? And it turns out that there's been this, there had been this Pew Research study, and now there are more studies that indicate that when you have friends at work, mm-hmm. best friend or any just series of friends, your absenteeism goes down and your productivity goes up. So there's a direct correlation oh. between when you, if you socialize at work and have friends and best friends. So my thought was, and again, because I'm always thinking about the classroom, to me is 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 it's a it's a culture mm-hmm. that needs to be managed and developed throughout the semester, um, really to perfection, as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, it feels to me often like I'm, I'm managing a department, like I did when I was at Invitrogen. Yeah. And my goal. In, in doing what you said about teaming up with different people is I want you to get a best friend, at least one best friend. Ideally, you make many friends and you just indicated that by the end of the semester, you know everyone in the class. Exactly. Because Luke, if you make a best friend in class, if you make mm-hmm. any friend, ideally a best friend, <laughs> make a friend, your chances of missing class go down. You'll be in class more often and your productivity will go up. And it's true. Well, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen it. Now, I've seen that just, um, what do they call it? I haven't done a quantitative study my own right. in a class where I do my own survey, but I just see it. And that's where the gut comes in. Exactly. I can tell. I can tell that students are genuinely enjoying each other. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we have a particular student who maybe, um, maybe he's been a funny student or, you know, we have one in advertising right now. He actually brings pizza almost every day <laughs> and it's hysterical. 
and and now I and if be he's, in that class. I know, I know. It's it's and you know it, it's it's sort of become his mark, you know, his brand right. that he brings pizza every day. And in that class, there's also a few students who do other things that are 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 remarkable or mm-hmm. part of their brand. But this one in particular brings pizza every day. And when he's not there, everyone's like, "Well, where's Arturo? Where's the pizza?" Because yeah. they've gotten to know him personally. Yep. Um, he's a friend, right? Exactly. And they miss him. Exactly. Right? And they miss him. So. I work extremely hard. I do have from day one until that end of that 16 weeks, mm-hmm. a goal in mind of creating a culture and where friendships can develop and grow. And mm-hmm. that's why I do what I do. And you know, it, it works. You know, you know, I don't know if you remember Connor. I um, do. Yeah, suits. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Part yes of, he was part your partner brain. with the gr- gr- Gorilla so, Day, the so, crickets. Yes. Yes. So yeah. talking about making a best friend in class... We got along very well. Yes. We met outside. We were we would talk philosophy for hours oh, before yes. class. We got kicked out of a couple of places because we would get too loud because you know we had differing worldviews and but we were able to communicate them well and work together really well. And it's funny that why you say that because the entire time you're you were saying that all I could think of was, yeah, we got really close during that time. We ended up taking another class together. You so we did. took we met in marketing. Yeah. Um, and then we took a. Advertising you did. Together. You guys sat in the front on the right. Yep. I remember. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. It's 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 and this is great. What I love because it's very provable. Like what you're talking about is not just ideas. It's not just like here's a strategy. This is it's happened. It happened to me. Like I am I am a product of your teaching method, and I mean this podcast. A lot of the stuff that I do is a product of just that getting started right of in that marketing and that's what fueled me to learn more and and still like i'll think sometimes i'll think okay is this a product is this a product oriented or a per, person oriented <laughs> do i like i'll still remember those different things because it just brings me back to reality yeah because it's very grounded and so we are running short on time but i wanted to get some final thoughts out of you and maybe a final piece of advice around teaching people who don't want to be taught. Mm. This happens in public speaking all the time, especially when you're talking about a difficult issue like me, when I'm talking about mental health. You know, a good portion of the audience checks out because they don't, like, it's just too much for them. They don't want to hear, or sometimes they're forced, like at school assemblies, they're forced to go there. So how do you, I mean, obviously you have these methods, but is there anything in particular that you do to get a passive student active? Yeah, Luke, it's a good question, and we get a fair amount of that. Um, so one of the, the techniques that I've, I've learned I use in lecture is rather than me talking and, and communicating, you know, I might have a slide with a particular topic or, or um, definition or something, and I actually ask students to read that slide aloud to the class. Sometimes I ask them to anticipate what the slide might be, which then <laughs> yep. it becomes a game. Exactly. You know? And then sometimes I ask them to work off each other. So I'm like, you read the first part, you read the second mm-hmm. part. And, and I never ask them to just read it, read it. If, particularly if it's advertising or marketing. I ask them to read it with drama exactly. or with flair. And that allows them to put some of their personality into mm-hmm. it. And I and love doing that. That was so you much do. fun for and me. You do. And you were oh, good. I, yeah. I, I, that was, that was, I mean, that was a, a little bit also practice for me for like just the dramatic like dramatic reading yes i mean that's it was something that i was like oh i want to get really good at this kind of thing yeah so when i'm reading something i don't want to sound boring and and And, luke 
See, and that, and, and, and that, and it worked, you know, yeah, it, it, worked. Did. Yeah, it worked it did. for students who weren't afraid. And it actually even worked for students who were a, a little bit afraid because if they knew, well, all I'm doing is reading the words on the slide. I can do that. Exactly. I don't have to know the right answer. I don't have to be quizzed. I'm simply reading the words on the slide. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of like a, you can't lose, you exactly. know, you're going to win. And that, that would bring them in. But the funny thing is, is, um, I, I've only been doing that, you know, recently, and and I stumbled upon it, right? Okay. Um, did you want me to tell you? How yeah, I yeah, yeah. Upon? Okay. Yeah. So, so, so it turns out about a year and a half ago, I was asked to teach a night class in Escondido, and I okay. when I first started teaching, I and for I, people not from around the area, it's like a good, like where we're. Oh yeah. Um, it, it's, just just it's, for like miles. Yeah, I would say door to door. It's it's a good thirty minute okay. ride, okay. and in miles maybe it's it's uh, fifteen twenty miles. Okay, but so you know door to door okay. it's probably about thirty minutes. Um, and the class was was finished at nine thirty, oh, and wow. so you know you're at home night. At, at night, okay. yeah, and you're home at ten, and then mm. I had a class the next morning, and it was oh, advertising. Boy. So you can imagine, you know, you're pretty. <laughs> You're yep. pretty tired that day. And that's actually why I started doing it, as foolish as it sounds, is I was just too tired to do the lecture. I mean, accidents accidents have produced a lot. I mean, isn't that penicillin? Is, that's what I meant. That's is right. It? Yeah, Pen- that penicillin. actually, yeah, that actually yeah, is real. It was an accident. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a happy accident. And I discovered exactly what you said, is mm-hmm. that it worked. That my students who were really engaged love reading it and being dramatic, and my students who were timid and not engaged didn't mind reading it because it wasn't a quiz. I wasn't exactly. asking them the right answer. And I discovered that I could have them work off each other. I discovered mm-hmm. that um, if they didn't feel like reading, they could ask the person next to them to read, and then they would read together. It helped to create that culture, right, exactly. a little bit more, and that, that culture we talked about. Um, that's a technique that I've only used for, like I said, a year and a half, but I am going to continue to use it and continue mm-hmm. to find new ways to really um, – to, to really push that yeah i mean well. and personally i mean i have a couple views on that because one is being in the class and i was i mean when i'm in class i try not to like be to be a blabbermouth because i get down i mean i can i, I have a i want episode you know 70 or so of this podcast i can talk a lot um and but i've seen people who you know are very shy who, who sit in the back who don't really talk and you pick them out you find them and you have them and you have them say like read this paragraph like read That's it right. and That's then right. you're like with drama and you're always like encouraging them and it's always it's always a positive That's like right. you do a great job at positive reinforcement in a lot of different areas yeah. i mean i don't think i'm trying to think of i mean sometimes you'll definitely be like okay work on this like change this <laughs> But you always have you always have this positive atmosphere, and it it creates a culture of everyone working together to learn the material. That's right. Instead of us fighting you to learn the that's material, right. and that's right. Because in so many classes, that's what happens. And when I mean, whether you're public speaking, whatever education system you're in, or maybe you're like an older sibling who's trying to teach something, or a parent, um, it be, it can it can create this culture of you versus them mm. and then I've, I mean I know I've never felt that in your classes I also love the material that helped a lot <laughs> it does it does but you know look you said something and I never thought about it this way and I'm glad you said it because it's going to give mm-hmm. me even a, a deeper perspective okay you said we're working together as a class to learn the material mm-hmm. and you know Luke I never thought about it that way, but you guys really? are. Really? Yeah. And well, this... you're with us too. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great thing. Um, I am right there with you, 
But that's an interesting concept that we're mm-hmm. in this together. Exactly. Right? We're in this together and together we're going to create, which is, you know, a big part of, I just learned that at companies when, you know, we all knew the vision, we all knew the mission and we were in it together. Exactly. Um, that creates powerful people. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I noticed that we are getting to the end of this, but uh, I do want to say that I noticed this during our social media class because we're taking social media and this is right when Facebook was making a lot of changes yeah. we, we were the, the platforms made probably what 10 changes during yes. the during the face of the class and so I would come in a class and you'd be like hey is there any news do you have updates and we'd get extra credit and be like hey look Facebook introduced um reactions they did during during our class during time. our class I'll never time. forget that because yeah, I like, oh, yeah. like yep we're like oh yeah, yeah. We're, and we start speculating about how it's going to affect yeah. things about whether it's what way they, differently what they were gonna be exactly know? what they're yeah. gonna be mm-hmm. and it was just it was it was a great atmosphere especially in a field like marketing is that in the modern age is always changing like the fundamentals will always stay the same you know yes. um but the tactics and the things available to us and the way we can market will always be changing that's right and so it's definitely a great class to be um to to have to have that flexibility with and with that, I will say that we are coming to the end of this. Um, thank you so much for being on here. We have so much more that I wanted to talk about. Um, and I, w- I will say that if you're in the San Diego County area, I highly recommend your class for uh, the spring semester. Um, all you teach the what class are you currently teaching next semester? I'm teaching marketing, advertising, um, introduction to business. Oh, introduction to business okay. and uh, business English. So I, I realized when I was doing the introduction, I I'm very proud to I always say like oh I took all three of our classes and I realized I, I you have more than just the three classes. You yeah. also have the business classes, yeah. and so part of me became competitive. It's like I'm gonna take them. I'm gonna take all of them, and then the other <laughs> part of me is like oh boy, I have a business to run. I don't know about that. <laughs> But um, I highly recommend if you're in the area. And also, I mean, you have online classes as well. I do. So, I I mean, I I can't recommend them enough. I definitely learned a lot. And that really started me on this journey of marketing. So, with that, we will conclude. This has been the Communicate with Confidence podcast. Show notes, images, links, you know, everything will be at the Communicate with Confidence podcast dot com. I'll put in a link to Halimar's website with the description of the classes. I and mean, oh, you have your personal website too with information. That's right. I'll put that in there. That's right. Please you can do. find so you can find all the information about Mary there. Um, you know, connect. Uh, I don't know if you want to connect with people on Facebook. Oh yeah. Um, if you're all open to that, yeah, definitely. LinkedIn. Oh yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's definitely LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's all on your website, right? It is. Yep. So everyone can find everything there. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back in a couple days with some more entertainment and information. But with that, remember to always stay on the positive side of things. Yeah.